You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno. Today on the podcast, my new friend Sangram Vajri joins us. He is the co-founder and, I like this term, chief evangelist of Terminus. He's also the host of a top 50 business podcast called Flip My Funnel, and also best-selling authors, written a few books. The reason that I invited him to come on the podcast today is because I'd heard about a message that he's been sharing with leaders and with men and women about finishing well, finishing well. And so I was really surprised when I heard that because Sangram's in his early 40s and he's a little bit younger than me and he's in his early 40s. And so it was kind of a head scratcher to me to go, why is a guy in his 40s talking about finishing well? And so that was our topic of conversation today. He's got a nice little twist on this. He's got a pretty cool story about how he stumbled into this idea. But in the end, I think he's got a really helpful framework for all of us on ways that we can think about how to not waste our life. So enjoy my conversation with Sangram Bajri. Well, Sangram, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Good to have you here today. Thank you so much. Excited. I even see a Ricola in front of me, which That's is right. really good. We're professionals here, Sangram. <laughs> We're going to provide everybody with Ricola when they come on here, if it's live. And so I think of all the Better Man Podcasts we've done, I think you're like the third or fourth, maybe the fifth that's actually been in studio. We really started this yeah. in earnest right in the middle of the pandemic. And so most of the time I'm right around the corner over there talking to somebody on a camera. Uh, it is a such camera. a different experience, right? When you're talking to somebody in person, you're like, okay, I can really look at the physical clues yes. of what's going on, jump into the conversation, know when to stop, when to interrupt. Yes. I think it's just completely different. It is. It's great. And if we do talk over each other, there's not a mute, yes. right? Where it's like, oh, I can't hear what they're saying there. So anyway, all right, let's do this. Let's start with, because we have some common friends. Uh, we both know Clay Scroggins. Clay's been on the Better Man podcast twice. So do you like Clay at all? Do you like Well, him? he has been on it twice. <laughs> he must have major editing the first time. Uh, no, Clay, Clay has been a really, really good friend. I remember when he had his first book. Yep. Uh, you remember his book? Like, I do. When you lead, uh, how to Lead When You're Not, not in, charge. in Charge. One of the best titles you could come up for Isn't a book. Not? Yeah. yeah. And we get, I, every airport I go to, it's still in every airport bookstore. And I like... Take yeah. pictures. I'm like, you're dominating the yeah, airport scene amazing. right now. So. Yeah, I even had him come and uh, come and do do a talk to our team at Terminus uh, oh, and and talk about what it is. But it was fascinating. I, I can talk about that experience even more. Yeah, yeah, he's good. And so we both know Clay, uh, and then we both know Kevin Harris with Radical Mentoring. So you've gone through Radical Mentoring. You've been a part of that. You want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, I went through Radical Mentoring really most of last year. Okay. And what has been fascinating for me is like, first of all, I, I wasn't sure what this is really about. This is like 12 guys coming together, talking about stuff. Okay, sounds good. At least there's food, like what's going on. <laughs> and, and and we didn't really, I didn't really know, but as I, the more I went through it, I learned that this was like creating a group of men that you can call anytime when you need it. And as people are listening to this, if you, you feel like, okay, you know what? I'm busy. I'm, I'm doing a lot of things, but if you really close your eyes and think about like, who are your two or three people or even one that you can just call yeah, and they will be ready to talk to you yep. at any given time, they will drop everything, not like, hey, can I call you later, yeah. automated text. 
And I think that's what radical mentoring mm. did for me. Like I know that there are at least three people from that group that I can pick up the phone, have become lifelong friends for me yeah. and my family. And I know that I can call them any moment and, and it won't be like, why did you call me? Yeah. Or I won't get a voicemail. They will pick up the phone. You want to try right now? You, you want to do that? No. You want to do that? <laughs> we would have to, it's that'd be the, so funny. Hey, it, you're on the Better Man podcast <laughs> right now as we're doing that. So it sounds like uh, one of the episodes we just released was with Jenny Allen with If Gathering. We talked about her new book that she just uh, released this year called Find Your People. Yeah. And so it sounds like in some ways, radical mentoring was a way for you to find your people. Is that fair? It is. And now not just find your people. I would go one step further. I think it's like finding yourself mm. in a much deeper way. Yeah. Because it wasn't like we just hung out and just went for a you know movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we, yeah. we literally poured our life in front of each other. Like yeah. I couldn't believe the level of details I was sharing and others were sharing and the the level of confidence we had. And you look around and like, everybody just messed up as I am, right? You know, some days <laughs> I would walk away thinking, oh man, uh, like I thought that I was messed up, right? Yeah, you know, and you yeah. feel better about yourself. Some days you're like, oh wow, I am everybody. So I think it just gave the, all the conversations that doesn't happen yeah. and I wish they would happen yeah. in people's life. That's what happened during radical mentoring and that was great. And it, it is, it's so difficult for us men to be vulnerable and authentic like yeah. that. I don't know if it's, you know, something from our childhood or just what we, these preconceived notions we have of what a manly man is or what it means to be God's man. But I I know, especially when you throw faith in the mix and you're starting to not just talk about uh, your life and what's going on at work or at home, but now you're also starting to talk about how faith impacts your life at work or at home. That can be uh, a little daunting at times. And so was that the first time you had engaged in some conversations like that, like connecting faith and work and faith in, in your home life? I think that was the first time... I expressed and opened all the challenges that I faced yeah. in front of strangers in some way yeah. until you get to know everybody and then you become best friends, yeah, right? Like when right. everybody knows what's happening behind the scenes, then they become your best friends. That's right. And I think that was the first time I, I felt comfortable being vulnerable. And I have the first time I've seen grown men crying and bawling like it as you would have never imagined. And and honestly, I think that's one of the best things that that one could hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know Kevin would want us to say this. Uh, that's not every uh, every uh, meeting, right? It's yes. not just a big cry fest for guys when we get together. There's a lot of other fun things. And, and really, just some. It, it's just getting together and talking about the most important things in life and just yeah. how healthy that is. But it has to. I remember I re- uh, read this somewhere. It's like, you know, the best time you're vulnerable is when you're exhausted. So what you go through this, like the first one is like your storyline where you just meet from morning to evening and everybody shares their story. That's the best time because at that time, by the end of it, you are not coming up with stories. That's right. You know why? Because you're exhausted. Like there's nothing, <laughs> there is no other thing that you could come up with to make up stuff. Yep. So you're just telling it as is. And yeah. if you all could do more of that, I think it would be better. And then obviously as the program continues you you learn and you talk about life you talk about business you talk about who are the people in your life how do you how are you are you a better husband are you a better father are you a better neighbor i think those things just naturally start but you can't start there because it sounds very philosophical yeah, in yeah. you know church as opposed to like no 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 i want to know you as a person and and i think that really was fun i like that well we could keep talking about radical mentoring but i know because we had some some uh, mutual friends there i just wanted you to talk about your experience with that but what we invited you on the podcast today to talk 
talk about was a message that uh, when one of our mutual friends said, hey, this is something that Sangram's been talking about that's really interesting. It was a head scratcher to me <laughs> because I had an idea of about how old you were. right? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, what? He talks about that at that age? And so uh, one of the messages that you've been talking about and sharing with leaders and other groups is about finishing well. And that here's why that was surprising to me, because as we talked about, you and I, we'll just say we're both in our 40s, right? And so um, I we had Bobby Crotty on the, on the Better Man podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's in his seventies when he talks about finishing well, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Like he is, uh, he's in that chapter of his life where he's starting to talk about, Hey, I just want to be faithful to the end. Right. Yeah. I want to be faithful, uh, in this journey with Jesus. So, uh, when I heard somebody in their forties talking about this, it was a little surprising. So where did this idea come from? This was about, uh, I would say almost a year, year and a half ago where, you know, I'm a co-founder of a company. We have done extremely well. We just hired a new CEO and uh, you know folks to run the company now. So I feel like, okay, I've, I've got the check mark. I yeah. did something that went from zero to 350 people and, 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 and good success there. And then I started to look around and I talked to other CEOs and I saw, oh, more than half of them later on got divorced or had other challenges going on. And I'm trying to figure out, oh, wait a minute. I literally had a panic attack almost wow. thinking about this is like, oh my gosh, I think I've done well, but what if I don't finish mm. well? And it, it should pause everybody a little bit because the idea of finishing well, typically for most people is like, well, that's the end story. Like yep. that's the ending of yep. it. As a matter of fact, I came to my own realization on this thing where I think it's not about finishing well, it's not ending. It's about finishing well is how you live mm. your life. So you cannot finish well if you all of a sudden wake up at 65 and say, I want to finish well. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. You have to start today. I have to have that foundation for myself. I have to have that foundation with my family family, the way I, I do business, the way I meet people, every conversation right now, if I leave this podcast, yep. not pouring into you and not pouring into others, I haven't finished well this very specific mm. moment. And if I don't do it now, I don't think I have the confidence to say that I'll finish today well. Yep. If I can have that confidence, I don't know if I can finish the week well, the yep. month well, yep. and, and therefore the life. So yeah. I had an archaic view of finishing well. I thought finishing well about was about ending. And I now realize that finishing well is about living hmm. every day. I like that. So when you're saying that, here's what it brought to mind was a book. I think it was John Krakauer's book. Uh, up in the air where he wrote about Everest, Mount mm. Everest, and the people that, that climb Mount Everest. What was surprising to me was that most injuries happen uh, or accidents happen not on the way up, but on the way down, right? right. Does that fit? Is that yeah. metaphor fit in, it is, in some it ways? It is very, very much so. I think a lot of times, and but it's also in some ways, we don't think about things like that until it, like, you know, nobody would think about writing a will right. until you hear somebody die, yeah. right? Oh, I need to write my will, yeah. right? You, or you won't think about your family until you're like, your wife says that, oh, you know, it's not working out. And it happened to me. It, it did happen to me. Yeah. So all those things don't happen. They don't happen by accident. They're actually happening all around you, but you're just not looking at that. You're not thinking, you're not intentional yeah. about it. So to me, finishing well, and it's also an acronym, the well part of it, it made me think about, okay, this is how I should be thinking about it. I cannot 
not start thinking in my 50s or 60s or 70s. I need, need to be thinking. As a matter of fact, I think there should be finishing well. How do you finish well your teenage years? Yes. I think there should be how do you finish well as in your 20s? Because yeah. there's a completely new season yep. for yourself that you walk into. How do you finish well as a, as a parent by the time the kids actually go? So I think there is a whole new concept in my brain now about finishing well, which is not about just dying. Yeah. Right. Like that, you know, that, that felt <laughs> like it was you. a very morbid way of looking at it. It's like finishing well is living, yeah. living to the fullest. How to not die and be mad about it. That's <laughs> yeah. good. And you've just, uh, you've just signed up to write about nine books. It sounds like, so you've got a whole brand now. Yeah, with the rest. I knew I liked you the moment I met you. And then you said that you had an acronym and I was yeah. like, okay, we're totally going to be friends from here on out. Cause I love acronyms too. So you said, well, as an acronym, you want to go through yeah, it? Yeah, real quick. It? Um, so, well, W stands for, it's the wisdom of God mm. and also wise counsel. Okay. So you can't have, if you, if you just have, if you're reading the word of God and if you're thinking about it, but you don't have wise counsel, which is really what radical mentoring provided me. Yeah. I think that combination is very important. You think about E is that you got to endure hardships. You have to take stand in life for things. And that might be your time. Well, where is your time important? It might be the, the opportunities that you pass because so you got to make choices. You got to take a stand. And if you haven't gone through hardships, you haven't really, you're not going to finish well yep. because you've taken the easy route. The L is for letting go. A long time ago, I had learned the lesson of the big difference between giving up and letting go. You got to learn the difference because I thought when I was moving in my career, I was like, I was giving up, I was giving up. And then I have to learn that, no, 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 I'm not giving that up. I'm letting go of those responsibilities towards something else so that I can focus on something else. Mm. So I had to understand the difference between giving up and letting go to just a mindset yeah. shift for me. And the last L is obviously that how do you love everybody like yourself, like the ultimate command that was given to us by Jesus. Like, how do you do that? And all it goes and ties back to that. You have to live every moment as this is your last moment. Yeah. There's nothing guaranteed for it, but I don't want to think about dying every moment. Yeah, I yeah, want to think yeah. about living, living every, every moment. moment. So this is how you do it. You, you follow the wisdom of God. You surround yourself with wise counsel. You endure hardship. Uh, you're saying yes to the right things, letting go of some things. And then you're ultimately just trying to seek to love others well. Uh, you do those things and that's living. I like that's that. Every single day. And you can practice this every single day, right? Like you can practice every conversation you have. If you have a hard conversation, are you going to keep that conversation, like kill yourself? Yeah. Or are you going to just let go and say, you know what? I'm, I'm. So that's a choice that you start making every single day. So I I don't do it. I wish I did more consistently, but I, I journal every, you know, every, yeah. almost three to four nights a week. And I will write about that. Did I do that? Because all I know is this. If I can do that, every day and every conversation, I don't have to worry about finishing well. Mm. I don't want to wake up one day wondering, did I finish well? Yeah. Like, that would be a horrible thing yeah. for me to kind of, and then like, uh, now I need to give a bunch of money or, you know, I, yeah. need, to, I need to check the, I don't need to do that. I can't yeah. do that. I need to, uh, this is, this needs to be part of my rhythm, my life and, and how I live it so that it's not a burden uh, to myself or anybody else in the end. I need to do this as a daily thing. And, and it took a while for me to grasp that. But at the end of the day, if I can lie down and think that, did I finish well today? That's a question that I'll ask everybody to ask themselves. And if the answer is, I don't know, well, 
that's not a great recipe to finish well in the end. Yep. You start looking at that every day and you might be in a different position. I like that. And maybe it's just my CPA brain, uh, but I think about this when you just talked about, I don't have to wait to get to the end to go ask that question. I can do it daily. That's like, uh, you know, you don't have to wait and look at your finances at the end of the month when you get the credit card statement. Like right. You can look at it every day every and start day. to ask yourself some questions. You're, because you're swiping. That. There are that's debits right. and credits yeah. every single day. And we all look for what you cannot pay off your debt in the end, like that's all right. of a sudden. It's, 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 it, that's not how it works. It's yeah. not a student loan program that is forgiven by the government. <laughs> like, you know, in the end, like it, it doesn't work that way. It will pile up. And yes, you can, at the end of the day, you could say, what have done and you could a lot of people will think about either financial or legacy like written something but honestly i feel like man if i can live every single day to my fullest what would that look like yeah and i couldn't find that answer in in the idea that I have to just make sure I die properly. Like yeah. that just didn't appeal great to me. Yeah. So let's talk about each of these and just how this looks in your life right now. So like the wisdom of God surrounding yourself with wise counsel. I know, again, we, we've referenced radical mentoring and some of those relationships you have there. But what are some ways that you try to make sure that you're reminding yourself of the wisdom of God on a regular yeah. basis? I think the decisions that we make, uh, we think about like God, I, I, my prayer every day is that let it not be my my own will around this thing. I want to hear from God and waiting. Like I didn't have the patience before if people are like most like most guys they don't have the patience for let's see how it works out but i had to to understand that no if it's not my my timing is not going to work out i have to wait on god yeah so the wisdom of god really i found for myself was patience yeah like i really needed to learn to have patience around certain things um like like you know I've written a couple of books that I have not published I'll just openly share that and the reason is because i don't feel god has said that, yeah, this is time. And it's been like, and everybody I talk to, they're like, what are you talking about? Writing a book itself is a problem. Yeah. Like, and you have two books written and you have not published because I think God has not called me for those books to be out there. Yeah. And I don't know why and I don't know when, but that's how I've kept those aside. That's great. I like that. And patience is almost a dirty word yeah. uh, in today's culture, right? I mean, that's like one of the, one of the, uh, I don't know if anybody would like to be called patient. Yeah. Because uh, that just means it could mean so many different things. Um, well, you did, there's but, a big difference between having a sense of urgency and yeah. patience. So I have a tremendous amount of sense of urgency. I think Julie Jessica over here would tell you, like, yeah. I have a sense of urgency, like it's crazy, but they not two other meetings while we've been sitting <laughs> yeah. here. Two more for two you. More. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're helping. But, but uh, there's a difference between a sense of urgency because you know that needs to be done, That's then you good. go for it. But the patience is like, well, if it's not the thing that that you should go for, you should be waiting for it. I, and thank you for saying that because that, I mean, that it's, I like that because there may be somebody sitting there that has this drive in them or this hustle, you know, yeah. that is in there, which is, you know, obviously a very celebrated word right now, the hustle culture that's out there. And it's not saying give up on dreams or don't try hard, yeah. right? Or don't work hard. It is just trusting these results ultimately, especially those of us that are followers of Jesus, that we understand we're not the authors of our life. There's yeah. certain, um, we have we have some say in it and we can do some things every day, but in the end, we're just trying to follow the Lord and where it is that he takes us. So I like that. I think that's a really good balance between we, we don't have a sense of urgency or we keep that sense of urgency, but we're going to be patient with the results. Talk about hardship, because again, if I think about a, a word that... Um, like I would love to be, have somebody describe me as being resilient, mm. right? I, like that, I would be honored if somebody described me that way. But if I really think about it, I, I don't want to ever go through something yeah. that would cause me to be yeah. uh, referred to as somebody who's resilient, right? Yeah. Like, Cause typically those are very difficult things. So yeah. 
how do you uh, do you seek out hardship or how does that endure <laughs> hardship thing it's play definitely into your life? not uh, uh, seeking out for hardships uh, but I'll, I'll I'll just share something very personal I didn't plan to share but I'll just share this I, I think the point of this enduring hardships mean that you have to at some point in life there is going to be a crossroad where you have to take a stand and that means you have to say yes and no and that is going to be you would know that yeah. this is going to change the trajectory of your life and the decision you're about to make and if you don't take if in your life you have so far have never come across that then that then wait for it or you've just taken the easy road right like that's what has happened so in my case like you know as i became a christ follower my family hasn't talked to me mm. my mom hasn't talked to me for for last two and a half years yeah and i share that to show that because I know she loves me tremendously and I love her tremendously and I'm going to go to India, meet her in, in a month. Uh, she doesn't know that. I'm just going to show up. But I, I share it. that because I feel like that's that's the part that God has given me to, to recognize that, okay, he's sovereign and he has uh, dominion over everything and he knows what's going on. I don't know. I don't understand it. I've taken a stand because I'm not disrespecting my heritage, but at the same time, I'm saying that's, no, I, this is a path that I'm following and here's why, but it's hard. It's extremely hard. I don't know how I can put it in words. Yeah. So for everyone, there would be a choice. It might be with your co-founder. You have to be the right co-founder for that. You have to do the right thing. It might be in your marriage. It might be with parenting. There's something somewhere where you have to make the hard decision. And really, it comes down to, are you going to stand up for it, what you believe in? And it doesn't have to be faith. It, it could be just doing the right thing. Yep. It has to have hardship. Hardships is part of what, what would make it. Yeah, right? I, and I like what Donald Miller says about that, that it, it doesn't, it's not always evidence that something's going wrong yeah. when there's hardship. Oftentimes, that is what marks the, the hero's journey, right? Yep. Is there some sort of a hardship? And it's just it's just to be expected. Yeah. And it can bring some meaning to those moments. Not that you would ever wish on anybody not to right. talk to their parents or anything like that. So it, it's not trying to put a silver lining on it. Well, at least Ingram, at least at least God's teaching you something. That's trite. That's not helpful. But I think for you as you're going through this, I would imagine as we go through some of that hardship, it it's just like, all right, this is this is what happens as we go through life, right? Yeah. And we can find some meaning and see the Lord. Uh, in the midst of it, so I appreciate you sharing that, and um, and I hope that meeting you said next month yeah. goes well. That's thank uh, you. That's really cool that you're going to go visit and just surprise her. So um, okay, and then these last two, like letting go, I, I you know that one makes a lot of sense because as and especially maybe as we get a little bit older, um, there's so many decisions that we have to make, and good can become the enemy of great. Right? We're right. saying yes to so many good things, and we're missing great things. So is that how that impacts this aspect of you of just making sure that you're doing the right things or saying yes to the right things? So I'll give you a quick example on this. So as I started uh, com the company Terminus uh, with two co-founders, at some point I had all the operational responsibility for marketing, sales, customer success. I was also writing books and I also was the, out so it was a lot that I was doing. And also I was the evangelist in many ways where I was the out the person who's going out and speaking. So I was on the road, the person who's talking to the customers because I understood the problem. I was a mar I'm a marketer. Yeah. So we're selling a marketing software. So it just made sense to be for me to be on both. And at some point, I hit the point where it's, it's burnout. Um, and I was trying to be all things to everyone. And it, at, the, at the expense of my family and, and myself, quite frankly, at that point. So at that point, we had to make a decision as a team. And I ended up choosing to be the evangelist, meaning I let go of all the operational responsibilities 
which is, was very hard. Yes. It took me almost a year of therapy to understand this concept of like, hey, I'm not giving up. It's not that I'm not smart. It's not that I can't do. It's, it's not that. It's like I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to let go of it for the better of the company. And the company has grown even more because of it because I could continue to write books and do the podcast, do the all the things I needed to do, but I did not need the operationals. We could hire people, but they couldn't hire a better evangelist. Yep. So it was the right thing to do, but it took every ounce of my body to, to kind of tell me like, no, you can't, like, what do you mean you can't do? You started this thing, right? And and that that was a choice. Like, I, it took me a while to understand the difference between I'm not giving up. Yeah. I'm letting go. Yeah. And it's, and it's moving on, again, under this theme of this is where real life is found. Because if you would have kept on trying to do all of it. It would have taken you out. Oh, I, mean, I tell you, yeah. I, I would be divorced, yeah. uh, guaranteed. I would uh, probably have burned the company down in, in many ways, and I would have been a terrible leader uh, for my own team and own company. So I would be the perfect opposite of what really yeah. uh, was intended for yeah. good. Yeah, which in the moment uh, to say yes to everything feels like you're really living. Right. Right. Uh, this is so exciting. It's so thrilling. Uh, but after a while, it's just going to take a toll on you. And, and, you know, as you even, we were joking about, uh, you've got this, uh, this well for teenagers and for kids and 20 somethings. I mean, I do think about like my 13 year old right now and maybe some young listeners, like the letting go might be just making some decisions on certain friendships yeah. that oh, you know totally. are not wise. It may be saying no to certain habits that your friends are developing. It may be saying no to social media yeah. or something as a young child right now, or a young teenager. It may be obviously saying, no to some of the things that, that your peer group may be doing on the weekends. Uh, this brings me to another quick quick yeah, side note yeah. on this one. Uh, and I shared that yesterday uh, at an event. So my son, who's 11, he came home and uh, about a few weeks ago and he said, I said the F word in the school. And me and my wife are sitting together and, we were, and I said, well, I'm proud of you. And my wife was like, what are you talking about over here? <laughs> it's like, you cannot be proud of the fact that he... I'm like, no, no, no. He's acknowledging uh, that he said it. Like, yeah. that's and, and we did that because we have a family mission statement. And our family mission statement is, Vodgers always make it through with God's love, grace, and truth. And I believe every family should have a mission statement. Right. Because if every company has it, we have two products, our kids. We got to <laughs> make sure that we understand. And to, you know, to employees, how are you going to look at it? Yeah. And they got to know what it is. So what he was demonstrating, with, and he was almost testing, I think, he was because we have always said, if you tell us the truth, truth and if you are honest about it just know that god love you and we will always give you grace and that was that moment i if i didn't have the mission statement i would we would have flipped on him like how dare how you dare haven't you, you bring learned? shame to our name yeah. right with right. all this yes and i was like dude i i don't expect you to be perfect i understand the fact that you're acknowledging it that's that's what we want. Like, what are you going to do now yeah. to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And then he went through his idea of system. And that's all I would have ever wanted to happen. Because for me to sit and think that my son is never going to do this or see this, see something that's not what he should see, that would be foolish. Like, it's just not. I wanted him to finish well that part of it. And at this age, that's what he needs to finish well, is to have discernment mm. of what's good and what's not good. And I think that was a, a great moment yeah. for, for us. Yeah, I can imagine the look on on his face when he said, that's awesome. Way to go. Way to go. And I'm like, what? Record scratch moment. And then all of this, I I mean, I I don't know if you intended it this way to be the W-E-L, then the last L with loving others kind of culminates in in this great commandment that we've been given, right? And this is how, as Christ followers, Jesus tells us in John 13, we are going to be 
different than the yeah. world is is not in uh, the things we say in the public, but the way that we love yeah, uh, and, one another. Uh, and love, love. I mean, I was almost trying not to say love in in many because it's sometimes used in a very much nonchalant, like yeah, whatever, like love. But to me, love equals sacrifice. Mm. There is no love if you are not sacrificing. So to me, the de- there's a deeper definition and meaning to it. Like I cannot find a love that I cannot expect anybody to love me, or I cannot love somebody enough if I'm not sacrificing. And that might be time. Yep. That might be my, uh, my financially or whatever. There has to be some sacrifice. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Like it, ultimately, there is a sacrifice. That's why it's true love. That was the first love. So there, in love, by definition, is sacrifice. So in my head, it's the, the meaning is a little bit more deeper than like, it's not like, oh, you love your neighbor. Make sure that, you know, you don't run on their lawn when, right. you know, like that's not <laughs> love. Good. Yeah. yeah. Or like give them food when they're sick. I mean, that's, that's, that's just caring. That's not love. Love is sacrificial. Oh, I noticed that, you know, they need help and I'm going to go and help them do all the things they need to do. That's love. You sacrifice your time, you sacrifice your energy, you sacrifice a whole bunch of things. So I think if I could every day think about like, what did I sacrifice? What did I truly love? Did I spend time with somebody that, that I'm not needing anything from that would be a sac that would be true love did i uh take the time with my family to do certain things or wh- whatever that is i think you have to figure out what are you sacrificing on a daily basis because without that cost i don't think we would ever understand the meaning of love yeah Sanger, this is a great list. I love it. This makes total sense now, right? About the finishing well and this happening uh, now. This is this would be a hard list. It's not impossible to pick up this list uh, later in later chapters of life and go, hey, this is a way I can still finish well. But uh, it's just amazing if you started this uh, really at any age, as you alluded to, if you started thinking about each day this way, it's pretty powerful, uh, the number of days that you could start to add up and look back on and go, okay, I'm, I'm not just wasting my life. I'm not just waiting uh, for whatever's next. I'm trying to be intentional as I move uh, throughout life. And I really, really appreciate this. This is really um, helpful. Thank you. I, 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 it, it literally, as I said, I woke up, woke up with a panic attack thinking that when I talked to a few CEOs around me and I heard that the way they're leading their life, and I'm like, if I am secure, quote unquote, successful in the eyes of the world right now. And if I walk the path that they're walking on, I am not going to be successful. I'm not going to finish well. There is no, there was no doubt in my mind. So I'm like, I mean, I was asking and looking for what do I do to finish well? And everybody kept saying, well, you know, just read more God's word and then, you know, do good things and make sure that you attend. And this, I mean, there was nothing that, that viscerally made me think about it on a regular basis. And it was all ended up coming that so that you, you know, so that you end up dying well. I'm like, that's not what I want. I want to finish. I want to live my fullest and not in not worrying about it, yeah. not scared about it, but actually feeling like, oh, man, it's I'm excited. And again, not every day is going to perfect. My, if you look at my journal today and finishing well, I will do a check mark. There are several things like, oh, I didn't do anything loving today. Like there are days when I would just have nothing there for it. And that's a reminder for me. Uh, but the goal is if I do it two, three times a week consistently for a good period of time and that in- gets ingrained in my heart and brain, I'm hoping that the end uh, would be better. Yeah, absolutely. Friend, it was great to have you on the Better Man Podcast. Thank you so Thank much you, for your Adam. time This today. was fantastic. I mean, was that not a helpful list? I mean, really think about that. I loved what he talked about how he uses this acronym of W-E-L-L, the wisdom of God, enduring hardship, letting go. 
and loving others well as a little bit of a daily inventory. I think that's the most practical thing. I had some questions written out to ask him how this idea of finishing well would maybe apply to the different generations that are out there. How would a Gen Z focus on finishing well? How should an Xer think about it? You know, how should a baby boomer think about it? How should a teenager think about it? Whatever it is. And he really answered that. I didn't have to ask those questions because he just said, this is it. These are the four principles. And if you just think about these multiple days a week, uh, you're not going to waste your life. You're going to be finishing well by living well right now. Surround yourself by wise counsel. I mean, that's what Radical Mentoring wants to do. Obviously, with Better Man, we talk about that all the time, what our 11-week experience is all about, of trying to surround yourself with other wise people so that we can live in the wisdom of God. Then when you're surrounded by others, it's going to help you when you do experience hardship. It's going to help you make decisions about what to say yes to and what to say no to so that you can let go of the right things uh, so that you can grasp onto uh, the right things as well. And then ultimately how we can do what Jesus commanded us to do, and that's to love others well. So if we do that, uh, we're not going to be wasting our life. And I really, really appreciate that message. So once again, Sangram, uh, thank you so much for jumping in the studio today. That was a great conversation and really fun to meet you and to hear more of your story. Uh, like I said, if the Better Man experience is something that you're interested in and you want to learn more about how you can start to take this manhood journey with other men, please check out our website at betterman.com. That's betterman.com. This episode, like all episodes, has been mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we got for today on the Better Man podcast. We'll talk to you again next time.